This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Lipstick innovator, interior designer, and champion of women's entrepreneurship, Margarita can do it all. Her story about how she built Valde Beauty and how she sees lipstick as more than just a simple product is so inspiring. So stay tuned as we hear all about her journey. Hi everyone and welcome to Founded Beauty, a podcast dedicated to beauty entrepreneurs who built some of the biggest brands today and where we learn exactly how they did it. We'll cover some of the most intimate stories, their path to success and how they overcame the obstacles along the way. I'm Akash Mehta, CEO and co-founder of Fable and Main, a modern hair wellness brand inspired by ancient Indian beauty secrets. Building Fable and Main has been an incredible journey so far and I've decided to launch this podcast as a founder keen to learn and connect with fellow founders of beauty brands around the world. I believe in collaboration over competition, and so I'm using this platform as a way to inspire and hopefully help each other in what can be quite a tough and lonely journey. So if you are an entrepreneur or simply just curious how to build brands, this podcast is perfect for you. So without further ado, it's a delight to introduce you to our guest today, Margarita Ariagada. Margarita is the founder of Valde Beauty, an extravagant brand of lipsticks with an artistic tribute to all women. Margarita is a fashion, home interiors, and beauty industry veteran and champion of women entrepreneurs. From being the former chief merchant of Sephora to now creating a very own beauty brand, this episode is sure to be a special one. So without further ado, welcome Margarita, and thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much, Akash. I'm super touched and humbled. I really appreciate that introduction. Oh, absolutely. No, thank you for being here. And I mean, I have so many questions to ask you. So I think we're just going to get straight into it with, I think the most obvious but important one, which is just tell us a bit about who Margarita is and your journey to date in a nutshell. Oh, what a great question. You know, I am someone that... Um, believe it or not, at this stage of my life, very much still discovering who I am. Um, I think I have been exploring for quite a long time. Um, I am someone that has um, had a trajectory of and a strong work ethic 
Um, I started working very young uh, to help support my mom when I, I studied, you know, fashion design and in, interior design. But I started working um, young in the, in the corporate world, and I I never really took time for 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 myself. I you know I was very focused on on achievement and wanting to you know earn enough money to really support my family. And it really wasn't only until later in life where I just really, you know, had to, you know, came to a moment of truth of, you know, really answering that question, you know, who really is Margarita? As a matter of fact, since you asked this, so I'm very much discovering and I, you know, I'm realizing that I'm someone that is super, I'm an impassioned individual. Um, I'm just realizing that I have a, a creative side. Um, but, you know, someone that very much wants to make an impact, be of service to people, you know, leave a little bit of a, of a mark, leave this world a, a better place and and really fulfilling my purpose in life. I love that. And I love also the honesty of just, you know, admitting that, you know, I think a lot of people and most people actually don't know really. They're still it's a journey, right? We're yeah. always constantly evolving and I think evolving is the right word because we are always becoming the, the not, I wouldn't say a better version of ourselves, but we're just, as time goes on, we have to navigate with circumstances and situations and we're being open to the journey of life. So I love that. I think it's so um, irrelevant, but I think what most people are so, when they, when they hear about your journey to date, it's quite scary at times to go from, having a very strong corporate career or position to then literally, you know, creating your own brand, which is, as we've both done, it's the most fulfilling, rewarding thing, but it can also be the most scary and kind of um, risky um, kind of feat, if, if I can say so. So can you tell us a bit about first your kind of corporate career journey and how you ended up at Sephora? Sure. Um, I started out on the retail selling floor as I was going to, uh, to school, uh, I was studying um, interior design, and I was told by my by my managers that I was actually very good at, at, at merchandising, and so I switched majors. But I, I realized early on how much I love serving the the client, how much I love playing around with product and merchandising and seeing the conversion and the reaction, and it was it was very gratifying. And I thought, oh wow, I can actually impact sales by moving a few things around and and being around people and having it be a very social aspect of selling, as opposed to the, a more structured way of, of selling. So. Um, I ended up um, really just, you know, growing up in, in retail, originally in the home area, sorry, originally in fashion. I had a great opportunity and a great trajectory of launching beautiful new designer, emerging designer brands um, in fashion like Diane von Furstenberg or Kenzo. I lived to, during a beautiful golden uh, era. And then I entered the home unexpectedly, I thought that I would be in fashion for the rest of my career, but there was a need to upgrade the home area that needed a little bit of a, of a, of a lift, of a facelift, I, I should say. And even though it was super foreign to me, because probably because I didn't have 
that home background, I looked at it entirely different. And those were the days around, you know, when Ralph Lauren was, you know, coming onto the picture and things, and you could do things differently, right? And so I was able to make an impact in the home area simply by by looking at it differently and and uh, and rejuvenating that that category. Um, I took a stab on the on the brand side. I work for a company named Yadro, a beautiful company from um, Spain that makes beautiful sculptures, and that gave me the uh, the entry and the exposure into the luxury market and the artisanal and you know handcrafted products from a brand side. And it really, I loved learning about the brand aspect of brand building. I, really, really did. I only had known retail and this gave me my initiation and into understanding branding and all the elements and what goes into it. And I ended up being in charge of product development for this company, but I also ran retail. I opened retail stores around the world and it was fantastic to have had this retail exposure because I thought it could be, and I, you know, and I was, I felt that I was a much better retail um, brand partner because I had that retail perspective. I worked there for, for 10 years. I finally decided to uh, take a break. And one day at the airport at JFK, I ran into a former boss who happened to, at this point in time, he happened to have been, um, he was the former CEO at Sephora. Um, I had worked with him during uh, Bullock's department stores and then Macy uh, timing, Macy's timing. And we had not, we had kept in touch, but we had not really seen each other. And he says it was a serendipitous type of a moment. Um, he had an opening for a, a color cosmetics merchant, head merchant. And so he called and he said, hey, how about beauty? What, you know, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm about to take a break, you know, from a 10-year stint at this, at this job. And he said, you know, would you consider beauty? And actually, to be perfectly honest with you, I didn't want to consider beauty. I had certainly been in, you know, in fashion and home and, and I had worked for Macy's for many years. And the suggestion of beauty and cosmetics, working in cosmetics had, had risen. And I never got the sense that it was a very entrepreneurial type of a of an area um, because my version of my impression was really the experience in the department store. And and so I actually I don't I don't really don't know how I got the job because for I I actually put up a lot of resistance and say, no, you know, I really don't want to go back to retail. I'm really enjoying the brand side. And no, I don't really want to do cosmetics. It doesn't feel very entrepreneur. And to be honest, the other aspect that it was important for me was when I joined Sephora, it was in the very early years. It was at the end of year three of them entering to the United States. And I didn't feel seen at Sephora. Um, I'm a woman of color. I'm originally from Peru. And and rightly so, this was a Parisian concept. But it, I didn't feel that it was a concept that I could relate to. And quite frankly, the CEO said to me, David Solidiano said to me, well, come on in and change it. You know, do retail the way you want to see retail and um, do cosmetics, do beauty the way you want to see beauty. And by that time, there was it was definitely starting to take on more of an indie brand direction. 
And he said to me, look, you know, I saw what you did in, in home without any experience. You, you wear makeup, don't you? <laughs> and uh, come on in, you know, just come on in and, um, and uh, make an impact. And that is how I, you know, I took a chance. I took a leap of faith. And the reality was, I think in hindsight, the fact that I didn't come from cosmetic beauty background is actually what helped me. So that's how I make the leap into um, beauty. That's amazing. And I think also what I love is there's a mixture of you have really, truly pioneered the industry. I remember very well the stories of the French Sephora to now what is known today. And I think you had a pivotal role in that. But also, I'm sure you'd agree, having those people like David, and I had similar in my career path, to believe in you, to even push sometimes people like us to say, it's those people that I think, um, there are not many in the industry, but there are some in those powerful positions. And I think, yeah, as you would say, you must be so grateful for people like that to, to open oh, up their minds. Totally. To us. Totally. I, I, I remember saying to him at the end of my trajectory, you had more faith in me than I had in myself. And the reality is that was so profound for me that he did, that I have spent my entire career seeding that through other people because I knew he did that for me. And, yeah. and I like to think that throughout my trajectory at Sephora, you know, I tried to encourage um, the girls because uh, there were mostly girls working um, in merchandising yeah. to really – you know, nudge them and encourage them and have them come out of their shelves because I knew that that had happened for me. Um, and, yeah. and that actually is, is, is such an important part. I mean, it's something that I still do to this day, right? Yes, you can. And yes, you, you will. And uh, you can do this. I love it. No, I, I, I relate because I was, I, you know, I worked at Dior for a couple of years as the only pretty much person of color in a very French office, in the global <laughs> office. And it was my CEO, Claude Martinez, and my, my GM at the time, Veronique, who really believed in me and made me feel like uh, I would be one of the first to to show that international side to a very French company and bring some, you know, some diversity and some, some newness. Correct. And I think from my own companies now, that kind of gift I was given to make a change, I want to continue that path and pay it forward. So definitely, um, I'm very, very happy to hear that story. Um, but you know, you were, you were in Sephora for a, a very long time and yeah. you did an amazing job really revolutionizing it to what it is today it's you know honestly in the us it's it's not the biggest not just beauty retailer but retailer um but just on the on the sense of like yes you had david push you and believe in you to go from beauty but a lot of people probably listening are not in beauty um you know you were in ladro i love ladro i have a lot of pieces myself you know art porcelain and you went home um did you actually find it easier than you thought to find that transition into beauty? Like, um, or was it like you had to learn a lot about it? Great question. Um, I had to learn a lot. I, I really did have to learn a lot. And, and, and really what was similar was the product aspect. If you like product, you like product. The brand exactly. building the relationship, you know, the brand relationship, all oh, those elements fundamentally are the same from industry to industry. Um, what really challenged my merchant skills 
was I think beauty from a retailer perspective has to be one of the hardest things to merchandise that I would think. And, you know, and I I don't know, food. Um, uh, But I, it is, it it is incredibly complex um, to figure out how to merchandise in the end. Luckily for me, I love minutia. I love detail. You know, I, I wanted to be originally, I wanted to be an architect and I, you know, I love detail kind of stuff. I can really get into the weeds of stuff. And so, so for me, it was like a puzzle, you know, figuring out how to merchandise, you know, those stores, you know, how to, you know, how to create, make those gondolas, you know, shrines to brands and and the 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 timing the the speed of things i mean sephora you know we we used to joke but you know sephora time is like a different time like you know we we felt that we could put in three years worth into what normally people would put in in a year um because we just we cranked out so much so much work so fast we were very very speedy and all those things initially were very very hard and and it was a, a, a transition and a, and a learning. Luckily for me, I had come from a home area, which is called, quote unquote, hard goods. <laughs> and so, I, you know, the transition uh, was good. But once I got the hang of it, I think I thrived. Um, I think I really, really thrived on, you know, if there was a challenge, I think I, you know, I rose up to it. I really, really enjoyed it. But it was a transition. It was definitely a learning more from the operational aspect less from the fundamentals of brand building, relationship, product. And actually, it, it is always going to be some work, moving industry or um, even, I would say, even jobs within a job. But the best thing is, is just kind of doing your homework, having people around you to learn from, and then also carving your own thought, because sometimes that's when the magic happens, is probably why David believed in you, was you're bringing something fresh as well. Uh, to an industry that needed it as well at that time. So, um, and to a retailer that was new to the US market that wasn't initially there. This was a French, people don't realize is Sephora isn't a US born retailer. Uh, It just somehow happens. It was a blank slate. Maybe because because of you, but um, it became bigger than the French counterpart. But, you know, this is the reality of how things can happen. Um, And it's very interesting. And I love that. And I, I think I still... You still search for yeah. that, right? You still search for those opportunities, and I think, quite frankly, we're we're living a little bit of that wild, wild west, 100%. and it certainly is what it was. And the fact that you know we didn't have anything to follow, there was no no competitors. We didn't. We knew we didn't want to be like a like a department store, and we just sort of explored, uh, test tested a lot. And and I and what I would also say, I would be remiss to say that. It wasn't just that retail experience um, that we were putting out there, but it was a culture that was being built internally that for me was just as gratifying as, you know, seeing the commercial sales or the, you know, or the customer response, but really this internal Mm -hmm. culture that was being built. And I have to be really honest, I, I think that I, I, I was one of many very visionary team leaders at Sephora and along with David, we had a really strong, powerful executive board. And, and what was a huge learning for me was 
being a part of a culture that was very collaborative. And so there, there really no one can take any credit, any single credit for the success of Sephora. It's, it was really a group it's effort. It's family. And that's just amazing because you feel that family. That's exactly right. It's just, and that was so, you know, I commuted to Sephora for 11 years, Monday through Friday. And I couldn't have done it if it didn't feel like family to me. I love that. Well, I think this is the perfect segue to why, you know, I was so excited to speak to you is, is you founded now your own brand. Before we just go into Valde Beauty and all about the incredible kind of the products you made, but also the journey coming ahead. What was that transition period of, like, when was Valde truly born? And when did, how did you end up leaving Sephora to create this brand? Yeah, I didn't leave Sephora to create the brand. I left Sephora because I felt that it was time. Um, I will preface by saying my my mother had passed away, who is an important figure, and she's an inspiration behind the brand. But she passed away at the end of 2014, and it was a pivotal moment in my life. It was a, a stop, you know, press-pause moment. And and there was there was a major, for me, a sea change that was taking place in beauty, um, which ended up being sort of like a tsunami kind of a situation with social media exploding, um, the um, beauty being democratized. And I had a sense that it was a major wave. Um, and I felt that that was um, a wave that my team really needed to own. I felt that it was going to take tremendous amount of effort, that it could be potentially super game changing. And, and I needed, I wanted, I think that I wanted to get back down. By that time, I was spending a lot more time with Crystal Appointe, shadowing, you know, the global CEO traveling, you know, throughout the other sister regions. And, and, and yet I could feel this major change in the industry, particularly in the U.S. And I wanted to be closer to it. Um, at the same time, I felt that the, the teams needed to rise to their potential and be the leaders of this next chapter. And so I felt that holistically it was the right time to just step down, step aside, let the teams come through, which is exactly what happened. It's exactly what needed to happen and that I needed to explore and, 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 you know, and explore what I, what that time was also a wild, wild west. Right. And, and I've always been very pro, you know, evolution and I love innovation and, you know, where's the puck going to fall, you know, next. And I wanted to sort of take time to, to explore. So I left really not knowing what to do and what I did not anticipate while I was excited and enthusiastic. I did not anticipate that leaving that moment, that year after uh, leaving Sephora was going to be as hard for me as, as it was. And, 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 and possibly, you know, for me, it was a moment of grieving. I think that I realized that I had not taken time to grieve my mom. Um, I just sort of delved into work and it's sort of how I dealt with that. And then I realized that Sephora was family to me. And all of a sudden without overnight, it was, there was this big gaping hole um, and so little by little, um, I just sort of explored. I certainly am, uh, 
you know, interviewed in quite a few different uh, places, um, which was very, very interesting. And, and that's really when the journey of me noticing myself and, you know, and what I wanted, you know, in life at this at this moment in life was all when it began began to manifest. And it was a scary time, to be perfectly honest. It was super scary. I've never not worked. I've never not sort of pressed past. And, and I became incredibly insecure, very, very vulnerable. And not because I didn't have the job offers, but because I didn't want to take a step backwards. I knew that I, um, you know, I, I certainly was willing to take a risk, but I wanted to be inspired and stimulated. And everything felt pretty corporate to me, to be quite frankly. And I, you know, for me, it was very much been there, done that. And so I started to consult I leaned into the things that I was comfortable with. A lot of people have always called me for advice and and mentored. And little by little, by doing that sort of pro bono, someone finally said to me, you know what? I don't have a comfort level not paying you anymore. And that sort of led into con- consulting strategic advisory role. I entered a few boards. Um, I sit on a few boards. And it was just in one of those moments in time that I, you know, this, the spark of an idea um, for the brand came. So there was a journey and it actually was about two years after I left Sephora that this ceiling of a brand idea surfaced. I think it's so important that you're also very open about that kind of journey because most people, even some people listening might be in that journey right now. Um, But I think, and we've all had versions of it, uh, I had it when I was going from engineering. I did it for four years and then I failed. And then I had to think about what am I doing in my life? And I remember very openly sitting in a bathtub being like, you know, just like my mind. And I was like, what am I doing with my life? This is the end. This is, it was very <laughs> vulnerable and scary, you know, because our minds can be so yeah. ridiculous. Um, but you need those moments of really just, they're like, they're like building your armor you know, it's, you're getting stronger. And for me, like now looking back, I'm like failing was the biggest blessing in my life. So would you say those Mm -hmm. two years that might have not been fun during the time, but are you grateful for them today to have been to where you are right now? Completely, completely. It is the biggest advice and it is scary i know that it's scary for people it's scary for people listen i wouldn't say to to anyone you know everyone's journey is individual but if they can allow themselves that time and you know and and face those fears and and for me that the fear aspect ended up being much much bigger than i ever imagined because what I had to confront was the fact that I lived my entire life mm-hmm. in fear. Um, and I had covered it up. You know, I had just masked it through the roles. Um, you know, fear of failure, fear fear of not, you know, being good enough, fear of not having enough. I, just, I think, you know, every type of fear I had experienced it. And I sort of managed to, you know, live a life and accomplish life but really masking that and never really coming to terms with it. And here I was, you know, faced at a moment of enormous fears where I became even that much more insecure. And, um, but, but at the other side of that lies 
<laughs> gold. Yeah, exactly. And and I'm going through it. I can't say. I mean, I think you've said it earlier. There's it's, it's a, a journey. journey. There's no end. But but the realization and fulfillment of me getting more and more comfortable with myself and embracing my vulnerability or, you know, understanding where fear belongs or not, because some element of fear I think is healthy and it's, it's part of our nature. Um, you know, the wisdom that I have gained is, is invaluable and priceless. And, and this is part of my platform through the brand to really share, um, you know, what it's like, you know, to really come into and be very you. And and I can truly see that throughout just the brand's DNA from social, from the snapshot that we can see from the website, et cetera, there is a lot of emotion and a lot of, I think, detail as well, I must say. I can tell you come from a very detailed orientated background because the detail to design and aesthetic and thought and from sustainability, the refillables, there's so much to go into, but could you just maybe in a, in a nutshell just introduce what Valde Beauty is to you and the core range and the brand. Sure. Thank you. Well, first I have to share uh, the inspiration um, for the brand because I, I, it's such a strong part of what the brand is and the brand came about in this moment, unexpected moment, which I think there's a lot to be said for that, you know, where we're often trying to control our lives and have a plan and then there's a time to let go. And it is what I least expected. And I was very happy consulting. I decided to put together a photo album for my mom, um, really as a leave behind for my kids and, 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 and sort of capture, you know, her life in a photo album that I realized I looked at the photo album and every single photo she had, she was wearing lipstick. And I had this moment of reflection of her life. She was a huge inspiration in, in my life and a uh, strong woman, petite, strong woman, we migrated it from Peru, as, as I said earlier, and I witnessed my mom overcome many, many challenges in a fearless way, but with the highest level of optimism and faith. And um, and 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 you know, consistently throughout her life, she was vivacious and she was full of love, and she loved wearing lipstick. And lipstick was armored to her. Um, I remember asking her for advice many times when I was down, and she would say. Just wipe those tears off, get perspective, don't drown in a glass of water, put on your lipstick and get on with life. And um, so I, re I remember that. But what really was profound was that at the end of her life, she suffered from dementia and she didn't recognize me. And but every time I took out that lipstick to apply to her, she'd pucker up and she'd get ready for application. She'd look in the mirror, not realizing that it was her. And she'd kiss that mirror because what she saw was a beautiful woman. And at that moment, when I, I remembered I, that flashback, I wrote it down because it was so profound. And I wrote, you know, this little story down that I remembered and I wrote down that, you know, that lipstick was armored to her. And in that moment I felt something inside and it was that ceiling. Right. And I wrote it, you know, I wrote it down and, you know, didn't think much of it. And, you know, through time passed. And I think I shared that with someone and then someone said to me, that's a brand, that's a brand story. And that became a little bit of that ceiling. And I actually worked on my brand essence and, and this whole story um, before I actually had product. Yeah. 
because I wanted to I wanted to to nail that. And so I thought, you know, I'll do lipstick. Of course, I'll do lipstick. Okay, maybe I'll do something small, you know, just to honor her, you know. And but I wanted something emblematic that would be significant and worthy of her. Mm. Right? This is I'm, I'm honoring her. And so I thought that a simple, simple, minimalistic uh, lipstick product, you know, maybe would not be enough. And so I originally started with a design that was sort of like a very embellished bullet case, to be perfectly honest. And I went, whoa, okay, that that doesn't feel right. And so it took, all that to say is that it took exploration yeah. and, and a lot of iteration and and I think right in the midst of that iteration, uh, that design aspect very much was, I think, a, just a position of wanting to express this element of strength in women yeah. and this femininity in women. And I had sketched out sort of a ballerina t- t- uh, tutu with, you know, with a bullet. And then I transposed it. And what I saw was this female torso. Mm. And that became the inspiration. And somewhere along the way, I think that my business experience from fashion or, you know, from beauty somewhat kicked in. And I thought, well, why can't, why can't a beauty product, a cosmetic beauty product be worthy of more? Why can't it be a statement piece? You know, why? It meant so much to my mom. It means so much to people. Why can't it be more than a functional piece? And yes, there are beautiful products, but I, I really wanted to elevate it and make it a statement piece, and and something that is a statement of self, but also that could potentially be a conduit to honor another woman, right, or another person, another individual, and that the, we could build this in a, in a very humble way that this product could serve as a connection for, for, for community and lifting, lifting each other up. And so the, you know, the product ended up being what it is. It's a refillable, um, lipstick, um, uh, product collection made up of these armor vessels that are decorative armor vessels with the purpose of really, Collecting your vessel, I, you know, I'll be iterating a lot more designs, but it's an extension of you, right? Mm-hmm. That this brand, I mean, the, there's no branding on my, on my product. It's an art object. And so you won't, you don't see Valde, uh, you know, on it because I didn't want it to be commercial. I wanted it to look more artistic, mm-hmm. like an accessory and, and that you, that it would be more of, that it would be a reflection of your personality, your mood, the occasion, an extension of that. Um, or if you're giving it to someone else that you would think of someone and say, yeah, I can see this person and, you know, in this brand. And so it has a lot of symbolism, a lot of thoughtfulness and, and purposeful, you know, purpose um, and behind it. And I, from a retailer industry perspective, I also so badly want to see a return to quality. I think we're living a moment of saturation um, it hurts me to no end to see these beautiful products being promoted and, you know, being given away, to be perfectly honest. And here I just finished telling the story of how much beauty meant to my mom, yeah. right? And, and it's not a unique story. This is the story of so, so many people. And so I thought I'll build it from the bottoms up. There is no brief yeah. that says, here's the brief. It's got to be this prize. 
you got to get it for this price. No, I, I said, I'll, I'll build a creation the same way that a sculptor builds. And the cost will be what it is. And hopefully the, you know, the manifestation of that is, is worthy of that value, of that price value. And, um, and see if we can move the needle, you know, the pendulum towards quality and, and elevating the experience. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Well, firstly, I, I will just say I've been in the beauty industry for a while and I would say it's the most beautiful um, lipstick I've ever seen. And that I will say full heart heartedly. I've worked at Dior, L'Oreal, you know, LVMH and never seen anything of such Thank quality. Um, also really Thank good you. value because I do know costs. You know, a lot of people don't understand that cost, especially if you do low, smaller orders or, you know, you have a lot of. Does that, it can cost a lot. So it's not like you have these incredible margins and we're being you know, greedy. It's like it Correct. costs to, to create quality. And I really love the fact that you said, you know, yes, there is a place in, in the market for accessible and, and affordable and very affordable even. Um, but then you're yeah. seeing a lot more brands that are like, we're sustainable and affordable. But actually that is sometimes catch 22. Like you can't fully be sustainable but be really affordable. Because if you're making a product for like less than a dollar, there's going to be some kind of freight from, you know, some parts of the world. And it's going <laughs> to be... Compromising yeah. there. So I think there has to be a little bit of a redirect now into quality is actually sustainable. Um, and I'm glad you're kind of pioneering that industry a bit more because we're kind of really staying away from it. But as someone who likes both, I think we need to have a bit more quality and beauty um, and you're bringing that. So just want to say thank you, firstly, for, for really doing that um, and not shying thank away you. from your, your message, because like my brand is stemmed from when my grandma passed away and that story, I fully agree. And this is why we're more, I would say, meaningful entrepreneurs where we're not about profit and margins. Otherwise, we would have started with the product. We started with the business Correct. plan second, but we started with the brand idea and the mission first. And um, I think, similar to you, did you probably had just like a brand concept and your vision to honor your mom, 
but the products Correct. came second. And it still is. And I mean, it still is to, to this day. Yes. It is uh, mission uh, first, product second. Yes, I want the brand to be successful, but I do not want to uh, compromise. Exactly. And, and, and I want to explore. And so I'm very much in this mode of why not? Yeah. Uh, why can't we do this this way exactly. and 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 want to disrupt um, a model that I think honestly is very archaic. It's very archaic, um, as I have as I have realized. Exactly. No, I, I fully agree. So, um, and just a bit more into before we go a bit about into your personal um, kind of next steps with the brand, etc. Uh, are you, f- from a brand perspective, focusing currently D to C kind of um, with your own consumers or are you going to go down a retail route uh, what's your vision has having come from retail yourself with sephora yeah my my vision is to um absolutely explore ddc and build community yeah. and then and then do retail yes. um i do believe in retail yeah. <laughs> obviously <laughs> um and so but i think that these days and age and i'm this is what i would say to any brand that asks me, I think it's such an incredible opportunity for you to establish a direct relationship with your customer and and understand how to navigate this wild, wild west that we're living where, you know, every month there's a new platform, there's a new way to communicate or reach your your your, your consumer. And I have wanted, I mean, you know, first of all, I have a very risky brand because of price point, because it's unconventional. And but I'm getting more and more comfortable because I have wanted to pursue what's not being pursued. Mm-hmm. You know, how how can I help other people and and share, you know, the learnings of taking the path least traveled? Um, and that means, you know, from a digital and a social perspective as well. Um, yes, I work, I work, you know, I, I partner or collaborate with influencers, but it really is more of a relationship, you know, with them that we, that are, you know, like mind thinkers that, you know, that are, you know, that understand, you know, the importance of, of helping each other out and collaborating. Yes. It's not just business as usual. Yeah. Um, and then there are other platforms and I, I'm excited about the future that's to come and all the possibilities. And then I think once you're, you're smart about that, then I think you can be a better retail partner um, because you bring more to the party. And the reality is today to really succeed at retail, you have to bring to the party you can't just you know the days of you know i just launched this product and you know i do the heavy lifting for me as a retail those days are gone it can't be that way anymore it's so true and i think people need to really find creative ways that work for their own brand and their own story because there isn't a one-size-fit-all approach but there is a sense of try everything see what works and then what sticks yeah you do but being hands-on is the best yeah. way to see that. You've got to feel it. And I think that's what you've done with your brand. I'm yeah. sure you probably hand-gifted all your influencers and celebs yourself and not just, you know, because you wanted to make sure that it's in the right hands and the right people, not necessarily right. just outsourced to agency and stuff and, and like some brands today. Um, but I know you've had um, some incredible cool. people, um, you know, talk about your lipstick and post. Is there any, like... Um, people that you you want to like uh am i right to hear was it like oprah winfrey was gifted it and 
don't know if that's true, but Anastasia. Uh, oh, Oprah was Oprah was 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 gifted Amazing. in Russell arrived. I've homework. done my homework. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there are some there are some prominent people. I respect their privacy, and so I. But it, you know, suffice to say that it's in the hands the of, of women that you would wish to be for them to um, uh, to own. And I think the, yeah. the message there that, is- that's gratifying for me, regardless of the exposure or yes. not. The fact that they that that it's in their hands and that they that they felt that it was worthy and um and and then and and i'll be really really candid i have wanted my brand to be very inclusive and so while that is important it's also really really important for me that everyone feel worthy um and so i'm i'm just as proud that it's you know that it is in the hands of you know many diverse you know women um, of, you know, different, you know, different means and, you know, in different backgrounds that, that is, that's the dream for me because it is a luxury, obviously price point, but I didn't want to be an elitist brand. Um, I want my brand to feel human cause I am, I come from a very noble and, um, you know, humble beginning as, as, as my mom did and and I wanted something that yes would be aspirational, but that it is accessible to to, to all that we can um, aspire and 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 have this. So for me, that's really really important. So and also, you know, with the refillables, you are also um, price point wise. I would say yes, there is a sense of luxury, but actually, what you're you know, this is not a product and not a lipstick, as you you know said before that. You just buy once and you throw. This is something you will cherish. There's emotion behind it. It's beautiful. It can sit on a mantelpiece. It's a piece of art. So I actually feel like there is tremendous value in what you're offering that actually um, makes it very accessible to many people because you're not just selling a, a color on your lip. You know, you're selling so much more than that. And I think that people need to Thank hopefully you. realize that. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that because I, I am selling experience. Yes. I'm not competing in the, um, and I don't want to compete regardless, but I'm not competing in artistry. I'm not, yeah. I know better. There is no innovative formula in, in lipstick. There are beautiful formulas, yeah. but it's hard to have um, innovation. What I'm selling is what lipstick and beauty means. Yes. To us and that experience that ritual you know this sense of of confidence this reminder and i wanted something that would be a keepsake mm-hmm. but to your point on the refill which is at a very approachable price point for a luxury formula i also wanted from my perspective and my background to put the value the cost value where it belongs yeah. because in most beauty products as you know 60 70 percent of the cost is in the packaging which is not what you use. It's really the goop and the formula, which is the smaller amount. And I always had, that was a challenge for me. I always had a pet peeve with that. Like, how is it possible that even without sustainability, it's just wasteful to think, okay, I'm going to use this formula, lipstick, but I'm going to throw that case away. And sometimes we don't even finish it. So you're throwing 70% of the cost away. And so finally, I think that the refillable concept in general 
is 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 super important and and because it separates the cost and puts it where it belongs exactly and i think having that vessel that's a bit more of a luxe item will also encourage people to want yeah. to even move towards refillables because um they have such a beautiful vessel Correct. to to use and to leverage and I think that's also part of the puzzle. So I love that. Um, before we, 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 I normally end with some fire round questions. Um, I do have a few last questions, which is to do with the pandemic. Obviously, as you know, it's been a very, I would say in somewhat challenging years for business, but at the same time, it's been uh, also can be seen as a year of opportunity with the shift and acceleration to digital and social media really being seen by many more people. So how has, in a nutshell, the pandemic been for Valde Beauty? Um, has it been something that you've been quite um, good for the brand or interesting for the brand? I actually leaned into it. So I, I technically should not have launched until this year. And I wanted to be a part of the ground level of what will be one of the most important years in our history. Yes. Um, and And I knew that that launching a lipstick brand in the middle of pandemic when people are wearing masks was going to be controversial. And because I was in such fear of that, I decided to lean into it and face my biggest fear. Um, so I did it more than anything else. I did it because I needed to overcome. Yep. I did it for me. Um, and I also thought, this is this is a brand and a narrative that's going to take time to seed and, and and explain. And the sooner I can do that, um, because it's not you know it's not a formula, it's not an ingredient. Yeah. It is it's a complex brand. It's rich in, in 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 story and inspiration and the refillable, the case, the artistic. It's just there's a lot. And I thought the sooner I put my foot you know, foot in water, feet in water, and begin to understand what that landscape looks like. What is the feedback and do it cautiously and, you know, build cautiously, the better. And what I didn't anticipate, which I think is probably one of the biggest plus, is how empowered I felt mm. after I launched. Mm. I was I was scared. And the moment I overcame that fear, the day after the launch, I felt empowered and it lifted me and that took me to another place. And I can't tell you how valuable that has been for me. Um, it just, this is very much, I didn't expect it to be, but this is very much a journey for yeah. me as well as the development of, of my brand. And so I'm super grateful that I did it at the time because I've learned every single day. I'm, I'm learning, I'm exploring, building the audience, qualifying that audience closely and um, and that takes time to build a you know brand to last. Yeah, takes time. I, I just also want to add, like I love the fact that we all have circumstances sometimes out of our control or in our control, whether leaving a job or a pandemic out of our control. But you know, you've done something where a few years ago you might have never imagined, and then you've done it. You faced your fears, and then soon after, it's been one of the best experiences. So. It just goes to show that we are in control of our own destiny, our own path. And um, sometimes pushing that button, facing your fears can be the most yeah. gratifying opportunities of them all. And only you are in basically control of that. No one else can tell you to do that or not. It's you. Correct. And uh, no, I, I feel that 
really will resonate with many, many people. Um, so last question is, I ask this to everyone, um, is TSA is opening up, well, I say that now, but we don't know now. It's kind of also closing up, but anyway. Um, and they say, you know, Margarita, you can only take one of your lipsticks. What is your go-to shade um, that's your empowering shade on the go? Oh, great question. Right now, there is, um, in the lineup, there is a shade that's my go-to shade, which is called Resilience. And it, and it is, it's my, my day-to-day shade, um, which I love. It's sort of this taupey, rose, mauve kind of a neutral for me, for, for, for my skin tone. I am going to launch one that I think will be my signature shade. It is, it is my Lift Me Up shade. Mm. And, um, you know, if I were going to a deserted island, that's probably the one I would take. Love it. So we have to go, everyone go subscribe to your newsletter because we'll see what that shade will be when it launches. But um, are, yeah. you, are yeah, your yeah. shades all named after like empowering words? Because I think I, I heard you said resilient. They are. I love that. I, I they are. That. Yeah. The, the, I did name a, a shade after my mom. It's a bullion. Oh. My mom's name is uh, Carolina, uh, but she had an ebullient uh, uh, personality. But they are, I think, anything, you know, anything within my narrative that can encourage mm. um, or reflect um, who who we all are, um, I will do. Um, absolutely. So, yes, right now they're named after uh, virtues. Love, love, love. So we're going to end with some fire round questions, which I ask everyone. Uh, quick answers. Yeah. First thing that comes into mind. So we'll just get straight into it. So the first one is, what's another beauty wellness brand that you love and I always say this like it can't be Fable and Main I know that would be your probably your first choice and I'm kidding but um what's a beauty brand that you love <laughs> I right now uh, a wellness brand or beauty brand and there's a lot yeah. of it's there you can choose I love lots of well as a former chief <laughs> merchant imagine, I can right? imagine you probably have the most choice you can imagine your... <laughs> oh my god this could get me in trouble I can get me a lot of trouble she said what okay, you know what let's let's make it simple what's your favorite um Ooh. type of brand right now is it a, is it I skin, can give you my hair? favorite 20 <laughs> beauty brands no but what's your go-to um like are you a more of a hair skin color what's your go-to Right I mean, I, listen, I'm happy to give you a few brands, okay, a few. you know, within uh, categories that I use. Yes. I mean, I, you know, um, skincare, I'm an Algenus fan mm-hmm. because I love science. I love wellness, but I love science. Um, lovely, you know, I, I love um, acids. There's a beautiful brand, Olga Lorenzen, who is my acid queen. Mm-hmm. Um, I love St. Jane Beauty. Yeah. Uh, which is a CBD brand, is um, is at Sephora. I love Ranavat, yeah. beautiful Indian She'll be founder. On the love, love, as well. love. I'm very excited. Michelle. Oh my God, just love yeah. her. So those are, and and there is a um, another brand that I'm trying out called Route the Route um, Beauty, um, which is phenomenal. Makeup, one of my favorite favorite makeup brands, hands down, is Hourglass. What they stand for, animals, amazing. Love that brand. So, um, 
Um, yeah, and you know, and in hair, I, I dabble a lot. I mean, I'm I'm certainly using Ranavat's um, hair product, um, but yeah, I I love um, many 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 hair brands. Amazing. Um, what is a guilty pleasure of yours? For me, luxury guilty pleasure would be taking time to read. Um, I rarely don't take enough time for myself and I yearn, I dream for being able to have, you know, eight hours of just, you know, reading. And so that for me is, is, is a guilty pleasure, you know, and, you know, just time to read the newspaper, the Wall Street Journal, you know, just that for me is, is, is a guilty pleasure. So I, I feel like it's, it's you, you already know my next question. Well, I'm going to ask now, what are you currently watching or reading? So what are you currently reading? Um, great question. Right now, there is one that I've been trying to read um, for a, a while. It's a it's a book by uh, Leslie Blodgett. It's called Pretty Good Advice. It's been on my nightstand. Ah. It's for people that dream big and work harder. Um, and, and podcasts, you know, I, I listen to, um, to, to as, as many as, as, as I can. Um, um, and I, you know, I'm going to, sorry, going blank on, on, on names, no, that's but perfect. where beauty, you know, meets brains, yes. you know, podcasts, I mean, very much entrepreneur. Yeah. To inspire um, your own journey as well. It's always good to hear yeah. stories. And I love that. Um, what are your, what is your favorite social media platform right now? Well, I, you know, I'm, I'm on Instagram all the time, but I am certainly loving TikTok. Yeah. It, it's amazing. It's, it's dangerously it's so amazing. Fun. <laughs> it's so fun. Yeah. I'm just baffled by how much time can go by, you know, that feels like minutes. And before you know it, it you know, it's been hours. Yeah. But it's so much fun. I mean, just to, you know, across the board, not just beauty, but cooking and just uplift. It's just funny. It's funny. It really is um, uh, entertaining. And it's a good so escape. I'm, I love it. Mm. Now, and I, but listen, I'm, I've always been a fan of Pinterest. Mm. Always, always been a fan of, of Pinterest. It's rare. I have always uh, really exercised my creative uh, side. Um, so we're getting ready to, um, uh, get that going for, for the brand, but I'm always, typically I'm always Googling on, on Pinterest. Amazing. And last question is if you want a beauty entrepreneur today, what would you be? I, I think I would be designing. I probably would be designing something. I think what I have realized in this journey is how much I love creation Mm. And so I would probably be making something yeah. somehow or another. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't matter what I would probably be creating something, whether you know, I'm not sure that I would be creating fashion, but I would probably make, be making something Amazing. for sure. But in a way you kind of very, as a rare beauty entrepreneur done both. Cause what you've created is truly a piece of art. So I feel like you're an artistic design beauty entrepreneur today, which honestly I haven't met one yet. So Thank you for being, one second, I'll repeat that. (laughs) Thank you for being um, here with me today and for sharing your, such an inspiring story. Um, Where can everyone find you and follow you and your brand? Thank you. Thank you for having me, by the way. And, and my congratulations, my compliments on the brand. It's 
beautiful. Thank you. Absolutely beautiful in what you're doing. And I love the heritage. I love that you're leaning into that. I love that that manifests itself um, through the brand. Um, but people can find me, <laughs> you know, on me personally on social at, you know, Marguerite Arigata, very <laughs> original um, handle. But also for my brand at Valde Beauty um, across Facebook um, yeah, and, um, and, and Instagram, which is primarily what we're on. Amazing. And I will pin all the links, hyperlinked in the summary. So if you guys are listening, you can all just tap them away. But Margarita, thank you so much. Um, I'm sure we'll be continuing conversations offline. So much to, um, to continue speaking about. And so excited to be following you on this incredible journey. And this is just the beginning of Valde Beauty. So thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. And my very best wishes to you as well. Thank you. hope you enjoyed this episode of founded beauty as much as i had making it and if you did please share it with a friend who you think will love it too founded beauty is available on all podcast platforms such as apple Podcasts, spotify amazon music podcast the acast app and many more and i'm also very proud to be part of the acast creator network so be sure to follow the podcast so you can get episodes as soon as they drop we really appreciate every single follow listen share and review it truly goes such a long way and helps us reach new listeners. So as a little thank you, I will be hosting a giveaway each week on my Instagram channel at meta underscore a, where you can win some amazing Fable of Maine goodies. All you have to do is follow me, check out my stories and all will be revealed. Stay tuned for the next episode of Founded Beauty and don't forget to subscribe and follow so you can be notified when it drops. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The secret to summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com.